I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yellow Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors made a comeback against the New York Knicks. And then the New York Knicks made a comeback on the Raptors. And then the Raptors made a great play. They were going to come back and take it at the very end. And then they lose by a score of 102-96 in New York City. Uh man. I feel so bad for Pascal. I really do, man. Like, I just, I know people are mad at him. I, I honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to me at this point. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you know, this is just a guy who's a little cursed. I, I think he's just a little bit cursed in crunch time this year. I think, uh, it's, 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 it's an incredible run. The way, you know, you have Dame time pointing to his watch being like, it's Dame time. Like there has to be some sort of opposite where Pascal points to his pocket watch and says it's Pascal time. It's different. <laughs> it's different. And I really like Pascal. I really respect him. And I, I, you know, I think there's a lot to defend with Pascal. Obviously it's a fantastic player, but in this, in crunch time this season, it has been, um, a very cruel comedy. To uh, to see the ways he's um, come up short. I mean, you know, listen, and, and even in this game, he had uh, you know a basket, a quick two, to sort of create a two for one situation. The Raptors down four. Uh, he got it on the glass. A goaltending by Nerlens Noel. That was a great play, and and that play was huge. And that play set up the final play <laughs> where the Knicks were going nowhere worth the ball. Uh, they threw a bad pass. Kyle Lowry read the pass, picked it off. Fast court, fifteen seconds left. Give it to Pascal in the middle. Kyle's going to fill one wing. Gary's with the other wing. And it's a three-on-two opportunity. Pascal has a great chance there to either tie the game because the Raptors are down two or kick it to Gary or someone for three and, you know, just win the game outright. And Gary Trent just had a game winner last week, you know, or was it earlier this week? I don't even know. Um, you know, there was a good chance there. And I got real hyped. I was watching the fast break happen. Gary was open. Pascal was going to kick it to Gary. But then the player kind of came back 
on Pascal. Pascal then decided, okay, you know what? I can just keep the ball and get to, get to the rim. And in the process of doing that, committed a, a double dribble. And yeah, that was it for for P. Man, uh, it's it's unfortunate the Raptors had the foul at that point, and there was you know no coming back. The Knicks made two free throws, four point game, game over. Um, you know, like I, I mean, you could be mad at it. Sure, I think early in the season I would have been mad about it, but at this point I'm just kind of like, if the Raptors win, fantastic. Let's talk about what happened that was good. And if the Raptors lose, fantastic. You know, th- there's a reward at the end of the day. And, and you know, I'm kind of... The results don't really affect me. I'm not really hoping they push for the, the playing tournament. Again, if they make it there because they play well, fantastic. I always love seeing this team play well. But I think it's sort of just like, you know what, it is what it is. And it's a fake season, all right? I don't know if you guys have known this, but it's a fake NBA season. Uh, and, yeah... It's tough. I don't even know what to say. Because the thing is, like, it's not like you wouldn't trust Pascal to do some of these things. Which, by the way, I have to just completely, completely honest, not shitty on Pascal. You know, defending him plenty of times in the past. Trust me, listen to this part. But I will have to say, though, the two final Knicks baskets were also on Pascal. Where the Raptors had the lead, but uh, Pascal lost track of Julius Randle making a cut from the baseline. Cut right behind Pascal. Pascal was ball watching out of position, and Randle's going to cut in for a dunk. You know what? That's unacceptable defensively. And then on another play down, uh, Randall was coming off a screen, coming off to the top. And for some reason, Pascal, even though he was in position, he called for Flynn to go to Randall up top for some reason. Again, even though the, everyone was very well contained, it wasn't like, oh, oh, I'm out of position, you know, cover me for this one sec. No, it was just sort of like, you take him. And it's like, what? And then Flynn had, you know, Randall on him. And, of course, when Randall drove, Pascal had the help because, like, Randall was twice as big as Malachi Flynn. And that meant Randall was uh, able to draw two defenders, kick it into the corner for R.J. Barrett, who was wide open for three. Pascal left him. And you would say, look, R.J. is not necessarily a great shooter, but R.J. was hitting his shots today against his hometown club and uh, made the three to put the, the Raptors or the Raptors down four. So, Really, three crucial errors that were on Pascal and crunch time. I don't know what else to say. It's just unfortunate. And again, my point is, it's not like you don't trust him to make these kind of plays, right? It's not like you don't trust him to run a fast break. This man runs fast breaks all the time, right? Um, it's not like you don't trust him to guard. He's a guy who we've seen guard in an elite level. Maybe this season hasn't always been there for him. But we've seen Pascal guard at pretty high levels, you know, consistently, uh, I, I trust him as a defender. I've, I mean, you know, again, if you're on the floor for a, a championship game, for a crucial game six game, all this other stuff, like crucial game sevens, like I trust him defensively. And even last year when he struggled in Boston, in, in, or not in Boston, in the series against Boston inside that, um, you know, uh, inside of Disney World, uh, he was still really good defensively. <laughs> you just look up his matchup numbers. He was really good defensively, just horrendous offensively. And today, you know, it, it just two really bad mistakes. And, of course, this comes in a year where Pascal's had four game-deciding shots roll off the rim. This guy's really... We're going to have to start calling this man Tim Horns, man. This guy's really roll up the rim to lose. Like, it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Damn. Really have to call this man Tim Horns. But, um... It's just unfortunate, and honestly, it was a bit of an unfortunate game early in the season. I'm sorry, I don't know why this is so funny to me. I'm sure people are still fuming. 
but sometimes you really do have to laugh at it. And I think at this point in the year, when there's only like you know 18 games left or something like that, and the Raptors are where they are, you just kind of do have to laugh at it. But it was a bad start for Pascal as well. In the first half, he shot one of 11 for five points, um, and had some unbelievable turnovers where he just like couldn't handle the ball and then lost the ball up at the top of the floor, which led directly to a transition layup. Like, it was bad. I think, you know, the Knicks are always going to be a bit of a tough matchup for him because the Knicks do have some very solid interior defenders. That's the one thing the Knicks do really well is they pack the paint and they play very physical down there. They play two bigs. They'll play Taj Gibson with um, Nerlens Noel, who had a really good game. You know, they'll play Julius Randle, obviously. And Pascal just, obviously, is a guy who needs to get to the rim wasn't able to do that consistently in the first half. And by that, I mean he never did that in the first half. Second half, much better in the third quarter. A third third quarter Pascal was really just what you would expect to see from Pascal. Uh, he was, you know, he, he worked a two-man game really well with Chris Boucher. They, he found Boucher cutting underneath for uh, a foul, two free throws. He found Boucher cutting, uh, you know, on, on the baseline for a layup. He found Boucher on a, a kickout three. That was great playmaking for Pascal. He had seven assists today. Uh, Pascal also did a better job of scoring for himself. Um, you know, he was able to get into the post, push shots, floaters, the usual Pascal spin moves, drives, drawing fouls, all that stuff. You know, I think he even hit a three in that stretch or something like that. Pascal was doing really well in the third quarter, but, I mean, overall, when you look at the box score, it's, it's not enough. You know, 16 points, seven assists, zero rebounds, two blocks, but also five turnovers and six fouls, man. Like, it's tough. And, of course, the most important thing was that fifth foul or the fifth turnover because, damn, like, that was just so unfortunate. I mean, it's... It's a regrettable play, of course. It's a play that you know it's it's a mistake, but uh, at the same time, it was uh, it was it was tough to tough to see. But listen, you know, um, I thought there were some good things that happened in this game. Obviously, with Pascal struggling, uh, that was going to hurt the team as a whole. And the Raptors were really bad in the first quarter. They were down uh, twenty-seven to sixteen. To be honest, I don't even know how the Raptors scored sixteen. I think honestly, eleven of those for Kyle or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking of Kyle, Kyle was back. Played great. <laughs> was to wrap this best player on the floor. Uh, you know, 19.7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. Uh, had a bit of turnover issues. Uh, there were some misconnections there. I think Boucher turned his head a few times and, and wasn't able to see the pass. Whatever, right? But uh, Kyle really carried the Raptors in scoring early in this game. You know, he... Uh, he just, he had to. Um, Pascal was not doing it. Like, it was really bad. As someone on Twitter pointed out, the, midway through the th- second quarter, the Raptors only had three players who had scored. And I believe it was Kyle who had, like, I don't know, 15 points. Uh, there was Gary Trent Jr. who had, you know, five or six. And then I think it might have been... I don't know, Chris Boucher? I, I don't know, but it wasn't Pascal. Uh, Utah was the fourth player to score. Pascal was the fifth player to score in this game. And, yeah, all that happened in the second quarter. But um, Kyle was really good. He, he, you know, he, he scored when he needed to. Then he sort of, when everyone else got going, wrote, uh, you know, uh, stepped back into a more of a supporting role. Looked fresh, looked healthy out there. Obviously, he had that nasty toe infection, so that, that hurt him. Um you know, and and so he's he's back from it. He didn't seem to have any ill effects. Didn't seem to be moving slowly. Competed defensively. Competed offensively. Made a lot of things happen. And again, he should. I mean, you know, Cal in crunch time was giving you a lot of stuff in terms of he drove to the rim for a tough two through contact, no call, but gets the layup to drop. Another play where he drew a foul, got him to the free throw line, split the pair of free throws, but 
Um, that's a nice play as well. And then he came up with the steal to trigger the fast break. And listen, nothing is more valuable in 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 a in a crunch time stop than a live ball turnover where you have odd man numbers in terms of that was the three players you would like to be involved in that player. Pascal going to the rim, Kyle won one wing, maybe to shoot a three or maybe to get to the rim, or Gary Trent Jr., who's definitely ready to hit another game winner to become to cement himself as a, a Raptors legend. Um, just, you know, three weeks after arriving in Tampa Bay. But, uh, yeah, you know, Powell's really solid, really good. Wore a teddy bear costume kind of thing. Well, not a costume, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't want to mislead the listener. Kyle Lowry was not in a Kyle, no, teddy bear costume. It wasn't, he, was, he didn't sit there in a onesie. Um, no, he, he sat there with a teddy bear on his sweater. I don't know. It was, it was quite the fit, I have to say. The Raptors have had some, you know, strained drip this year, I would say. A lot of um, high-end fashion with uh, uh, with with Gary Trent, with OG, with DeAndre Bembry. Even Pascal stepped up his game this year. I think Fred's you know really delivered with his sweaters. And then Kyle is just thirty-five years old wearing a teddy bear on his in a sweater. Which, yeah, it's it's. But anyway, it's great to have Kyle here. I really do feel like Kyle is like the emotional center for this team. Like when it's going good, you can you, you have Kyle sort of you know involved in plays. Like um, you know when it's going bad, you have Kyle. Obviously, lifting people up when it's just, you know, a rain delay, which, uh, you know, this felt like we were back at a Sky Dome with the, with the dome open uh, and a bit of rain comes out and people have to go back. Like there was, you know, speaking of drip, there was drip inside MSG. And uh, yeah, it was coming from the ceiling because it had been raining all day, just as it was in Toronto. And, um, you know, they had to stop the game for like 11 minutes to, to sort of get someone onto the roof and to... Uh, to uh, stop the leak, and in that stretch, that it was just Kyle like talking with Fred, and and you know like, you know, Kyle is just a guy. Who, it, it's great having him around, not only because he's still a really really great player, but uh, it, it's he's a leader. He's a guy you can count on, and he he did his best to win this game, and um, you know <laughs> some unfortunate blunders once again. I don't know why it's so funny to me, man. At some point, you just gotta laugh at it. Uh, in terms of other players, I thought Gary Trent was very impressive once again. And, you know, I asked Kyle about this after the game. You know, I was just sort of like, hey, what are your thoughts on Gary? You know, you know you've uh, been teammates with him. Obviously, you haven't seen him too much uh, because he's been hurt. But, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, but he's he's watched him on the sideline. And Kyle sort of pointed out just like, Gary makes tough shots. And I think... You know, that is a very valuable quality because you see it in the game today. So first off, Gary Trent probably saw double teams for the first time in his NBA career tonight, right? Coming off a 44-point game, obviously Tom Thibodeau is a guy who's going to do his work and and, and really scout, come up with a game plan. And his game plan was aggressively (laughs) trap Gary Trent Jr. um, when he was uh, ever holding the ball. Obviously playing off ball, you can't really double the guy. Uh, he's, he's, he's not Steph, but at the same time, when Gary Trent came out for dribble handoffs, when Gary had the ball swinging to him, calling for a screen, two guys trapping him, keeping on the perimeter. And that's really a huge sign of respect from the defense because, you know, you don't just double anybody. And, you know, and I think it did throw Gary off his game just a little bit at the start, but Gary's able to sort of adapt to it and find ways to beat it. Like one play, he sort of split the defenders upon the catch, made a quick move, got into the mid-range. And there's a lot of stuff in the mid-range that he's able to make in terms of like running, leaning shots, sort of with a defender on him, shooting over the guy, 
um, you know, a guy who can, um, you know, uh, I don't know, get to his spots, uh, even just like lean in at an angle. Uh, I, and by the way, the other night I, I said that, you know, the last guy we've seen make contested jumpers uh, uh, was Kawhi. I mean, honestly, there was there's almost like a DeRozan quality. I, I can't believe I'm overlooking the fact that DeMar was like, you know, a, a premium mid-range guy. Uh, who just made a game winner today, by the way. Look at what he did to Dallas. Step back, mid-range, game winner. Uh, but, yeah, DeMar was a guy who also did the same thing, who can get to the mid-range and get a shot. And Gary's a guy who can get to the mid-range get a shot. You know, he's finding a way to make, you know get his balance. I thought one really impressive play was late in the game. Gary drove on the defender, Reggie Bullock, and Reggie Bullock cut him off, cut him off, had good positions still. And uh, Gary was just strong enough to push the defender all the way deep on the baseline, almost at the edge of the paint, and then drop him off just a little bit, fade just a little bit, get a little bit of a separation, uh, but then just mostly shoot over the top. And and, and Reggie Bullock's a taller defender than him, uh, a taller player, but Gary's able to get that shot off. And so he makes tough shots. And today, even with against the double team, you know, he was able to work really well off the ball. Um, you know, he, he had a step back corner three, so pretty. The defender closing on, I think, R.J. Barrett. Uh, Gary Trent just calmly sidestepping the contest and then still firing the three despite the second challenge coming towards his way, swishing that. Uh, he makes tough baskets, man. And I really, I mean, I think if he has this kind of shot making ability and the defenses are going to start trapping him, you're going to start to see even more aggressive defensive schemes. And I think when defenses get aggressive towards you, that's an opportunity for him to even get to the free throw line. And today, 17 shots, only two free throw attempts. I think that could change a little bit as this game matures more and he sees more opportunities because guys are closing on him. Cause yo, this guy, if he's open, he's making that shot. Like he's really a knockdown shooter. Uh, and yeah, I've been super impressed with Gary, uh, and Kyle has been too, which listen, if you got the stamp of approval from Kyle, that's, that means, that means a lot. That means a lot, uh, you, you know, but he was solid. I thought Chris Boucher was pretty good after a shaky start. You know, I thought Pascal and Boucher, the two of them did not come ready to handle the Knicks physicality. Uh, the Knicks were pushing them around. Uh, they were getting tons of offensive rebounds. You know, they were just getting their way in the paint. But I thought Chris responded well, and over the course of the game, he really improved, and by the time in the fourth quarter, he was closing, um, and he had 17 points, 14 rebounds, 4 blocks, all that to, uh, well, 14 rebounds and 4 blocks to lead the Raptors. Um, I, I liked his compete today, I really did, I think the way he attacked offensively was good too, and an efficient game for Chris against a really good interior defensive club like the Knicks is impressive. You know, there are a couple of plays where he got blocked early on, I think Nerlens Noel was uh, a shot changing presence there. I mean, basically, Nolan Zawal is like a guy who gives you more solidity inside, but without the three point shot of Chris Boucher. But kind of similar players there, energy guys who are like hyper athletic. Um, and so that was an interesting matchup to watch. But I thought Chris held his own um, and, and he contributed in his own way, made some uh, stops in the fourth quarter as well. And, um, you know, you know, and, and it was a fun game to watch from that perspective. It was fun to see, you know, Malachi Flynn come in and sort of lead the team in the fourth quarter there. Uh, he had a three that was erased upon review. And I swear to God, if, you, if you've been, if you've been watching the EPL this season or even last season, I guess, uh, and you see that VAR box come up and then you see the referees just like someone in, in, in some sort of random city is just like starting to put these AutoCAD lines down on the court or I guess on the pitch. And you, you're like, oh man, this guy's uh, shoulder is, is, is actually playing him offside. 
uh, against the, this, the the lip of this man's shorts, and so therefore it's no goal for Liverpool. Anyway, I'm, I'm not bitter, brother. I'm not bitter um, at, at all this season watching Liverpool and VAR. In any case, it was like that for Malachi Flynn, who was deemed to have stepped maybe out of bounds, even though I swear his heel was lifted. But it was a great shot for Malachi coming around the screen off of the inbound, off the baseline. A shot that Fred usually gets, a shot that Norm used to get, a shot that Kyle sometimes gets as well. But Malachi was able to hit that corner three. It was erased. And, you know, again, Adam Silver really needs to pay for what he's done to the Raptors this season. But in any case, Malachi was really leading the charge. And you might look at the box score and say, six points, two of nine shooting. That's not a great game. And I agree with you. It wasn't like Malachi had consistent start-to-finish impact the way he did against Chicago, for example. But... The way he sort of led the push in the fourth quarter was really fun to watch. I mean, he was there making a ton of plays, uh, drawing a foul on the, you know, snaking the pick and roll, getting um, uh, Emmanuel quickly on his hip and drawing the f- contact and get to the free throw line, then taking a mid-range jumper over Emmanuel quickly. Another tough basket there for Flynn, uh, hitting a knock, you know, a corner three. Uh, when the ball was rotating to him and he had the other three. And then meanwhile, he had one of the best passes of the night where, you know, Flynn drove into the lane, drew multiple defenders to him, and then threw the cross-court pass to Rodney Hood for his only three of the night. And all that was as part of the comeback push where the Raptors bench actually made a huge push. And, you know, it was fun to watch. And, I, and listen, man, I, I think be- you know, I think, I think Flynn is going to need to take these chances here. 27 minutes. I doubt he plays 27 minutes when Kyle and Fred are available to play eventually when both of them are back because, you know, A, Flynn can't really play that much off the ball. He's also just not very good off the ball right now, which is an adjustment period. He's going to have to learn how to get to that point. Uh, But, you know, when he is that lone playmaker, and today he was in the fourth quarter, no Kyle, uh, you you know, Kyle played, I think, pretty much the entire third quarter. They had to lean on Malachi to sort of complete and sort of push that, you know, comeback. And Malachi was did a great job with it. I thought he did exactly what you want out of a point guard. Made some tough plays, made some tough baskets, made some great passes. Uh, played great defense too. I mean, his main assignment tonight was Emmanuel quickly uh, and quickly one of eight from the field. He had he had some possessions against Derrick Rose, cut off Derrick Rose, and I understand D Rose is old, but like D Rose is a really good slasher. So if you can cut him off and contain him, uh, that's impressive to me still. And. You know, I, I, I and I think Malachi needs these chances to 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 create and to um, do what he does. And you know, you see Kyle and Fred always in his ear all the time. You know, and it's great. It's honestly great. I don't think Flynn could ask for two better vets to learn from than those two guys. Uh, and then Ken Birch was the newcomer today. Uh, just signed with the Raptors yesterday, so he was made available for today's game. Makes his debut. And, yeah, I mean, fantastic. First off, just a great story. Like, this man was telling stories about how, like, you know, his dad used to take him and his family and drive, like, five hours. Um, You know, they're from Montreal. So, like, they're they're going to Toronto to watch the game. They're driving to see the Raptors. Uh, And and that's just an awesome memory. That's an awesome idea, you know. Like, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's nice to hear the Raptors spoken about in that way. Right, and by the way, if you think about it, so Ken Bridge is twenty eight years old. I'm twenty eight, uh, and if his dad was taking him to games as a kid, listen, as a kid, that means that was like ten years ago. So you're telling me that Ken Birch, the Birch family, was driving from Montreal to Toronto, which is like a seven-hour drive. That family is driving seven hours to go see the 2008 Toronto Raptors. Those are real fans, okay? Those are real fans. They probably sat in the Sprite Zone. Um, 
you know, which probably costs way more than the, actually, that probably costs a lot less than the gas it took to just drive there. Um, and yeah, they were probably on hand to watch, like, I don't even know, Jermaine O'Neal, like, <laughs> um, Jared Jack, like, yo, it, it, they were there. Those are some real fans. So, no, it was great to, honestly, that's a great story. And of course, you know, whatever, the Raptors aren't a charity. You know, it's, it's not, the point of the Raptors is not to give Canadian players a platform. No, the Raptors need Ken Birch. Like, they really do. They've needed him all season, and they need a guy who can come in and, and do what he did. And today, I thought Ken had, well, two shifts. First shift, he played out there with Freddie Gillespie. To be honest, two centers at once is never going to work in the modern NBA. Uh, the Knicks, they have some pretty good centers, and still two centers at once for them doesn't really work that great outside of shutting off the paint defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Freddie and, and, and Kem, there's too much overlap there. There's too little spacing. That didn't really work. Second half, Gillespie's minutes were cut. Uh, Kem Birch got to play more, and Birch played really well. He was on the floor for a lot of that comeback push. He was getting on the glass, um, finishing on the pick and roll. Uh, I think Kyle got him his first basket as a Raptor uh, on a roll to the basket. Athletic finish by, by a roller to the basket that has really only come at the center position from players uh, uh, courtesy of Montreal this season for the Raptors. Um, and yeah, uh, Birch was very solid. Again, I, I don't think you can expect like huge games. Like You're not thinking you didn't, we, the Raptors didn't go out and get like, I don't know, uh, Serge Ibaka or something like that. Like, Ken Birch is a guy who is going to guard, he's going to be physical, he's going to rebound, he's going to set some screens, and, 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 you know, finish occasionally. His offensive skill set is pretty limited, but he's a guy who's solid, and he's also not Aaron Baines, so, yeah. Speaking of which, Aaron Baines did not play today. Uh, Freddie Gillespie is already ahead of him in the rotation, like I mentioned, after yesterday's game, uh, and Kem is also here. And all of a sudden, you know, Nick actually has, like, too many centers on his hands now. Like, he really went from, like, Dying of thirst to to now like just swimming uh, in the ocean. Uh, now of course it's not really an ocean. This is like if you swim like you know in Lake Ontario and you come out and you're just like man that didn't feel great. Uh, but in any case, yeah, I mean you know he does have to manage the centers a little bit here. I think Freddie's you know I mean whatever he's on a ten day so it's not. You know, but I think from what I've seen from him he doesn't look bad. I think he sets screens. He, he's in the right spots. Uh, I, I don't mind Freddie's game. Uh, and, of course, Kem is a guy who's a solid veteran. And, you know, I, I know he's going to be solid. Uh, and Boucher, obviously, is a very productive player as well. So, the Raptors going to have to mix and match a little bit. I do think that if they want to keep Freddie in the lineup as well, I think Birch should be ahead of Freddie. And Birch was ahead of Freddie today. He played 18 minutes. Freddie played 9. But um, if you're going to put Birch as the backup, I think, you know, there's an opportunity there to maybe pair Boucher with one of those guys, you know, Pascal can more exclusively play power forward. OG, obviously, when he comes back, will be small forward. Today, he was rested. Um, but that does leave sort of an option between, like, do you need Yuta Watanabe's performances or do you need Freddy's uh, in his size as a sort of a third-string center? And honestly, on most sides, you probably will need Yuta, especially when Yuta plays the way he did today, which was really good. Um, eight points, three rebounds, three steals. 16 minutes off the bench, made some great plays, had the go-ahead basket for the Raptors to when they finally took a lead in the fourth quarter. That was Utah who made a tough driving layup to, to, to get them on top, I think, by one. You know, he had two threes as well. And I like that he even took a heat check three, which, listen, um, you know, I, I need Utah to continue to play with confidence. I think he has the skill set. It's weird because 
I feel like most players, especially in the NBA, like most players have almost too much confidence and that ruins their game just a little bit. They end up taking bad shots. They end up doing this or that. And it's, you know, they need to cut it back a little bit. And I can think of many examples, and I'm sure you can as well, when I mention players who are overconfident. But like Utah's really one of those rare players that's underconfident. Like I feel like his skill set is actually more than what he does end up using. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know his defense plays. I mean, three steals today, rebounding the hell out of the ball. Um, and I know it's like only three rebounds in 16 minutes. This guy goes after every board. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, shoot the ball, Utah, man. Come on, you can do this. All right, we believe in you. But um, yeah, it was it was a solid game. And the Raptors, I thought Nick even had a good game. You know, he shifted to a zone defense for the second half, which worked really well. Um, you know, the Raptors, you know, if you remember way back in December, um, I don't know why that rhymed. But uh, yeah, if you remember back in December... Um, you know, the Raptors played the Knicks for their first win of the season on New, Year, New Year's Eve. And, of course, back then we were like, oh, man, our first win's against the Knicks? What what a ridiculous, you know, like, I can't believe our standards are falling so low. We're 0-3. Man, listen, the Knicks are still ahead of the Raptors at this point in the season, okay? Turns out that was one of the Raptors' better wins of the season, especially without Fred, or without uh, Pascal. But in that game, the Raptors used zone a lot in the second half, pretty much the whole second half. And I think the Knicks shot like 3 of 30 from 3 or something like that, so... Makes sense. Listen, the Knicks still have struggles shooting the threes. So, the Raptors also did a good job of, again, they only shot 9 of 35 from 3 today. Um, of course, they they get burned on the 3 by R.J. Barrett to win the game. But still, uh, I thought the zone defense worked really well. I think the Raptors executed quite well. And again, there's not a lot of execution in terms of by the defense or just by the team in general because everyone's so new. But um, they did well. It's a good adjustment by Nick. And uh, again, they really should have won this game. But Pascal just found another way to lose the game in crunch time for the Raptors. I feel so bad for P, but listen, man, 5 of 18, 5 turnovers, 6 fouls, like, it is what it is. It's not even just like, oh, he's a max player, he should do this. It's like, no, he made a huge mistake after making two bad defensive mistakes and was really inefficient in the whole game, period. There's nothing you can really say about it. So, in terms of your three stars tonight, I'm going to give the first star to Kyle Lowry, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. In his return, 37 minutes, uh, pretty good. The only member of the Raptors starting five to be a, a positive, uh, a plus one today. And really, really should have uh, made the game-winning play there. But, alas, it wasn't to be. Uh, but it was great to see Kyle back. Um, in terms of your second star, I'm going to give that to uh, Gary Trent Jr. 23 points for Gary, three rebounds and assists. Nine of 17 shooting. This is despite the fact that the, the Knicks were really double-teaming, trying to force him to not have the ball or to give up the ball. So the fact that he still got 17 shots off is good. Made three of eight from the th- uh, three-point line, two of two from the free throw line, 35 minutes. You know, you know he's 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 great. I really enjoy watching him. It's it's I, Honestly, when I watch the game, I guess it's because it's new, but um, when I watch the game, like I say, wow, at Gary Trent Jr. At the, at the TV, I say, wow, after Gary Trent Jr. more than any other player so far. And... Yeah, he, he's, he's, there's a wow factor with this game. And then your third star. Um, I, I mean, I kind of want to get to Chris. Statistically, 17 points, 14 rebounds, 4 blocks is, is really good. Um, and realistically, no one else really did much. So I'm going to give it to Chris. Uh, you know, I think if Malachi was able to sort of sustain that fourth quarter push, he missed the 3 at the end there too. If he didn't have his 3 waved off, Malachi would have a real chance at getting this third star. But... I think Boucher really rallied, and he had a really nice night um, after the first quarter. So, I'll give it to Chris. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, um, that has got to go 
to, I think Nerlens Noel deserves this. Nine points, 13 rebounds, an assist, a steal, four blocks. Came up with a number of defensive plays, man. This guy was a menace. And I think, you know, I, I think this is his game. Obviously, everyone knows what, you know, Nerlens is going to do when he steps on the court. But, um, yeah, he was very good tonight. And, you know, again, <laughs> wouldn't mind if the Raptors had a Nerlens Noel, for example. But now they kind of do with uh, Kem Birch. So, that does for the game, and that does for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The Raptors have a day off tomorrow, so thankfully we don't have to be around to do that. If, by the way, tomorrow at noon uh, Eastern time, we will, me and Josh will be back with a live call-in show. So if you'd like to call in, um, look out for the details on that. Uh, obviously, I had them on Twitter and things like this. So you'll find the number, and then we'll be uh, doing the live show at 12 p.m. Uh, so make sure you dial in and sort of participate there. I love hearing from fans. Um, you know, it's great. But, uh, yeah, as for this game, they lose. And you know what? At this point, if they win, it's a win. If they lose, it's a win. So, really, it is what it is. So, thanks everyone for listening. Subscribe to the Raptors newsletter. Again, I'm going to put it in the, the, the podcast description. Continue to rate, review, subscribe to the show. And, uh, yeah, let's literally talk tomorrow when you call in. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 